Welcome to Ancient Gods and Demons. I am your host, Brian Scalama. Each week, we will be exploring a new ancient god from various cultures, including Mesopotamian, Egyptian, Indian, Chinese, Norse, and Greek, to name just a few. Each episode, we will explain the origin and development of our characters, from pagan god to Judeo-Christian demon. Correlations between different cultures will be researched, and you, as a listener, can make your own determination of whether each figure is a god, demon, or both. Additionally, we will introduce a piece of music each week influenced by these ancient deities. So sit back, relax, as we journey into ancient worlds and examine gods that were worshipped. Welcome back to Gods and Demons. This week's episode, we will discuss the demon Asag. Asag is an underworld demon from Sumerian legend that is known to cause disease and plague. As an evil spirit of plague, sickness, and disease, Asag was known to stay in the human body and cover the individual like clothing. We will also cover Nanurta, in Sumerian mythology is Asag's nemesis. During this episode, we will dive into ancient Mesopotamian mythology, particularly the Lagal Eh, which describes Asag as a monstrous demon so hideous his presence alone makes fish boil alive in the rivers of the Euphrates. So sit back and relax as we journey back into time when there were many gods and demons that roamed the earth, a time when human beings interacted with the supernatural and walked with the gods. Welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. Today we're going to discuss Asag, who comes from Sumerian mythology, particularly the poem Lagal'a. As an evil spirit of plague, Asag was known to stay in the human body and cover the individual like clothing. The beast was particularly known for causing headaches, fevers, physical pain, and other sicknesses to his human victims. At last, Sag would finish up incapacitating the individual he had infected. A Sag is a physical portrayal of strangeness. He attacks and pollutes the victims. Additionally, he is straightforwardly identified with a subject of race. The beast is usually depicted as being ghastly, as it can make fish boil alive in rivers and lakes, as mentioned before. 
A sag appears in the Sumerian mythological poem Lagal Ath. A sag in this poem is described as a being, huge, rounded, three-legged, three-armed animal with no neck and a few eyes covering their whole mass. He has a dim, solidified skin that is practically indestructible. Asag, they were known for attacking the Sumerian urban communities of Mesopotamia. Again, Asag is sometimes referred to as individual demon, but also as multiple demons. Usually rocks, and we will discuss this later in the Sumerian poem, Lagaa. These individuals are believed to be brutal and were viewed as ugly outcast beasts that lived on mountains. Spawns are like small versions of a sog, were reincarnated into breathing spawns, which instantly mutated into grown up a sog. So, if you wish to destroy an asog, then you must kill all of its spawns first. So, an asog was basically seen as multiple Sumerian demons. You had one that was spawned multiple. It's brought up in the poem, Laga'a, as we had previously mentioned. We will discuss this. His primary nemesis in this poem is Nanurta, who is pretty much a god warrior king. We will continue next with the exploits of Nanurta. Welcome back. So Osag made his appearance or their appearance in the exploits of Nanurta, or known as Nanurta Laga'a, which means a warrior king. So let's please discuss Nanurta so we kind of have an idea of what we're dealing with here. Nanurta is a Sumerian Akkadian hero god of war, hunting, and the south wind. He first appeared in the text in the early 3rd millennium BCE as an agricultural god and a local deity of the town of Gashu and the city of Larak, both Sumerian communities. His role as a god of agriculture changed as the cities of Mesopotamia increasingly militarized and began campaigns of conquest, one city against another. Nurta was the son of Enlil and Nahersag, but in some stories, Enlil and Nalil, his wife, was Gala, the goddess of healing. Although he was chiefly defined by his aggressive nature, he was also associated with healing and protection, and was frequently invoked in magical spells to ward off danger, demons, and disease. He is most often represented as a warrior, sometimes with upraised wings, holding a bow and arrow, and carrying his famous mace, Sarah, a weapon capable of speech and reason. In Babylonian art, he stands or runs on the back of a scorpion-tailed lion beast. Still, as late as 1500 BCE, he was associated with agricultural growth and the harvest, depicted as a fully realized individual capable of great deeds but also as flawed as a model. The Assyrian and Neo-Assyrian empires embraced Nanurta as the son of their god Asa. And under the reign of Asher Shapal II, circa 884 to 859 BCE, a great temple and ziggurat was built to the god in the new city of Kahal. Seals from this time represent Asa 
as the wing disc with Anurta's name beneath, clearly suggesting the two are regarded as almost equals. Anurta was invoked by numerous kingdoms and principalities in ancient Mesopotamia, whether for protection or aid in military matters from 3300 to 612 BCE. When the Neo-Assyrian Empire fell to invaders early in his career, however, he was envisioned as the polar opposite of the god of war. Now we will discuss the myth also known as Lagaa, or warrior king, where Asag appears in his struggle with Nanurta. In it, Nanurta is feasting with the gods. When he receives bad news from Shira, his mace and loyal weapon, whose name means Smasher of Thousands, an artifact capable to move around independently and to communicate with the gods. High up in the mountains, the rock and plants had risen revolt against the plains. This is what Shira tells Anurta. They are led by a fierce warrior called Asag. Asag did not have human qualities. Being a sort made of stone, resistant to the blows of the spear and the axe. Incited by Asag, the rocks constantly kept rolling down the mountains to crush cities on the plain. Shira warms on Nurta the Asag was taking control of the eastern border districts and was plotting to snatch away his kingship. Now Nurta gets dressed and prepares himself to war. Shira, his loyal mace, once again, having gone ahead, comes back with a warning. Although Nanurta had conquered monsters in the past, Asag was like none of his previous opponents. But Nanurta ignored Shira's warning and pressed on to attack. Massive landslides and rocks are flung at him, the earth trembling and crumbling. And thus, Nanurta, on his first facing with Asag, the Sumerian plague demon is forced to retreat. Enlil intervenes then, advising Nanurta to wait for the appropriate time. And with the power of rainstorms, eventually Asag would be defeated. Indeed, this is what took place. And little by little, Nanurta learned to direct the mountain streams to flow down into the plains so that none of their waters were wasted. Nanurta thus learnt the art of digging and piling up rocks to create embankments for watercourses and to channel the flow into a river so that the mountain waters could be used to sustain the barley in the fields and the fruits and vegetables in the orchards and gardens. These tasks kept Nanurta away from home for a long time, and Nimma, the great mother goddess, decided to check up on him. Upon her arrival, Nanurta calls her by the name of Nahasag, the mistress of the rocky foothills. Nanurta embarks then on the second stage of his plan, to use the rocks advantageously. He analyzes each rock, each kind, and decides on a function for it. During this part of the myth, there is explanation for the technological use of wide range of important minerals imported from the mountains into Mesopotamian cities. We will touch upon this. Each use is presented as either honorable or humiliating. A 
according to the notice decision, either to reward or to punish that particular type of rock for its conduct or its revolt. Not all the rocks referred to in this myth can be identified, and some of the processes over them are hard to envision. Some rocks are to punish by making them vulnerable to erosion. Others were forced to become grinding powers used to break down other rocks. Others were carved, pierced, and polished in various ways. He punished lava and basalt, which had formed rampants against him, by making them into molds for goldsmith. Limestone, which was plotted to seize the nurse's office, was designated for use in foundations on muddy ground. It was also destined to crumble rapidly in water. Flint was punished by having to flake at the touch of an animal's horn. However, the rocks that had changed their allegiance from Asag and Inerta during the battle and refrained from insulting the young warrior god were highly rewarded. It was, for instance, decided that lapis lazuli and other precious stones would be assigned to the gods. Throughout Sumerian and Babylonian history, lapis is seen as the stone the mineral of the gods, and highly prized. In the Sumerian poem, Bagal'ah, the Asag is a monstrous demon who is defeated by the god Nanurta. The Asag was hideously repulsive in appearance, and his power caused fish to boil alive in the rivers. He was born from the mating of An and Kai, and the Asag himself made with the Kerr, which means mountains, to Pertooth offspring, Morasag. He was accompanied by an army of stone allies, the stones of the mountains, on one level of the defeat of Nanurta in the smith of the Asag. And the stones expresses the unease felt by the inhabitants of the Mesopotamian plain, about the inhabitants of the Zagros Mountains. The defeat of Asag by Nanurta may be depicted in the relief on large slabs erected by the 9th century BC Assyrian king Asa Nasopal II. On either side of the main entrance to the temple of Nanurta at Kahal, modern Nimrod, here a god carrying thunderbolts attacks a lion dragon. A related scene is found on Neil Assyrian seals. In magical theory, the Asag slash Asaku is a demon who attacks and kills human beings, especially by means of head fevers. It was mentioned in poetical enumerations of diseases. In another tradition, the seven or eight Asaku are a specific group of demons, the offspring of Anu, who are said to have been defeated by Ninurta in clear reminiscence of the Sumerian poem. The Sumerian poem, Laga'a, is quite long, a few pages, but I'd like just to pull out a few instances where a sag is mentioned. Section 24-47, Lord of lofty station, foremost one who presides over all lords from the throne, Nanurta, whose orders are unalterable whose allotted fates are faithfully executed. My master, having copulated with the virgin earth, Nanurta. She was born him a warrior who knows no fear. The Asag, a child who sucked the power of milk without ever staying with the wet nurse, a foster child 
O my master, knowing no father, a murderer from the mountains, a youth who has come forth, whose faces know no shame, impudent of eye, an arrogant male, rejoicing in his stature. My hero, you who are like a bull, will take my stand beside you. My master, who turns sympathetically towards his own city, who is effective in carrying out his mother's wishes. It had sighed offspring in the mountains and spread its seed far and wide. The plants have named it king over them, like a great wild bull who tosses its horns among them. For them, shock's tooth has grown up in the mountains. It has stripped the trees before its might, the gods of those cities bow towards it. My master, the same creature has erected a throne. It is not lying idle, not nurt the Lord. It actually decides the land's lawsuits, just as you do. Who can encompass the Asag's dread glory? Who can counteract the severity of its frown? People are terrified. Fear makes the flesh creep. Their eyes are fixed upon it. My master, the mountains have taken their offerings to it. Section 57-69 But you will force it into the shackles of the gods. You, antelope of heaven, must trample the mountains beneath your hoofs. Nanurta, son of Elal, who has so far been able to resist this assault. The besetting Asag is beyond all control. Its weight is too heavy. Rumors of its armies constantly arrive before ever its soldiers have been seen. This thing's strength is massive. No weapon has been able to overturn it. Nanurta, neither the axe nor the all-powerful spear can penetrate its flesh. No warrior like it has ever been created against you. Lord, you who have reached towards the August divine power, splendor, jewel of the gods, you, bull, with the features of a wild bull and prominent backbone, this fellow is clever, my Nanurta, whose form Enki contemplates with favor. What is to be done? So as we can see, uh, Asag is present in the poem Lagaa. He battles against Nanurta, who is seen as the good versus the evil Asag. The poem ends, I mean, it goes back and forth, there's different things going on. I read you the beginning of the poem. So the end of the poem, it pretty much ends at 698-711, and I say... Since the hero had killed the Asag, since the Lord had made that pile of stones, since he had given the order, let it be called stone, since he had the roaring dragon, since the hero had traced the way of the waters down from above, since he had brought them to the fertile fields, since he had made famous the plow of abundance, since the Lord had established it in regular furrows, since Anurta, son of Alel, had heaped up grain piles and granaries. So this is how the poem ends, and they keep just kind of uh, talking about how great Nanurta is, and ill, and mighty God, and praise, praise, praise. So that's the end of the mention of a sog, so we're not going to continue on with the poem. <clears throat> I wasn't able to find any other mention of a sog in any of the Sumerian or Babylonian writings. Um, I think... Apparently he was killed in this poem, but his presence uh, in Sumerian and Babylonian Assyrian history 
and mythology and religion, which they all tied together, uh, continued on as pretty much a demon of pestilence. Um, and as we mentioned, plague and problems and fevers and sickness. So just something like watch out. Uh, I did research and I didn't find any evidence of any type of <clears throat> temple erected to a sog, any type of cult of a sog, any type of modern worship of a sog. Uh, what you do see with some, hence evil entities, which in upcoming episodes we will discuss. Um, our next episode we'll discuss Pazuzu, which is in mod media. Um, and there is a lot more on Pazuzu in regards to modern demonology. So the saga kind of fades out of memory, but uh, I think it was an interesting topic. Um, I was just reading through some Mesopotamian books that I had ordered and I found his name, uh, and there wasn't much, much on him, it, whatever it is, but <clears throat> just bring it up to uh, the public and discuss it a little bit. So that's about it. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Uh, again, we'll be discussing Pazuzu on the next episode, so uh, I think that'll be a good topic. Um so thanks for joining me. Uh, before the end of the episode, we always have a song. So that uh, song is coming up. So sit back and relax. And until next time. Okay, folks. Uh, the song today is going to be Come to the Sabbath off the Merciful Fate album, Don't Break the Oath from 1984. So sit back and relax.